Hey everyone, it's SK Nelly. I'm the host of Change Your Love Life Summit, where world's best love experts will show you how to completely transform your love life. And I'm very excited to announce my guest today. His name is Jack Butler. Jack, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for being here. It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, awesome. Jack, uh, Jack comes from U UK, but lives in US and has a U UK accent, yes. which is very charming. Uh, Jack, well, uh, before we dive into our topic today, I would like to say a few words about you and about your career. Please. And then we'll start to talk about something that ladies will love to hear. So, first about Jack. Jack coaches and teaches globally to help people be more of who they really are. He supports deeper levels of freedom, authenticity and uh, presence beyond the patterns and strategies we take to be our real selves. Jack has clients from around the world. He has taught on four continents and his programs have been purchased in over 20 countries. Jack has also directed over 100 personal growth intensives with the Social Enterprise Future Foundations that he founded. He was the youngest member of the UK Professional Speakers Association and is a former runner-up in the UK Young Entrepreneur of the Year, being honored in the UK's, uh, UK House of Lords. Well, that's impressive, Jack. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> for for a young guy like you, a very very good uh, biography, and you you seem to have a lot of experience, not only as a love expert but as a love a life coach as well. Yep. So you That's true. You, you have been working for years on the people's uh, personal development, and I would love to hear this from you. How did you, you? How did your journey actually start, and how did you become a love expert, which you are now? Yeah. So I've always loved people. I've always been fascinated by people, and I studied politics and psychology mm -hmm. at the University of Cambridge. And when I was coming to graduate, I was looking at the range of careers that they often present to someone. You know, I was second in my class. I did really well at Cambridge. And people thought, you know, I should probably be a banker or a lawyer or an accountant. And none of that really interested me. My interest was in psychology and people. And I remember being then, I, was, I graduated young. I was 20. And I kind of mm -hmm. wanted to be a coach. And pretty much everyone I spoke to in the UK at the time thought that was a little bit hilarious. They're like, you know, <laughs> you, what do you know? And I totally get it. I was really young. I hadn't really had any professional experience, but that, that was the impulse. So I worked for a couple of organizations. I worked for Dale Carnegie Training. Um, people probably know the How to Win Friends and Influence People book. Um, and yeah, I worked of course. For, of course. Yeah, Everyone I, know about him. <laughs> totally. Very successful book. And I worked mm -hmm. for Tony Robbins, uh, who a lot of people know as well. I worked for the London wow. team that promoted his seminars. And I always had the inclination that I kind of wanted to do my own thing. So that was my inspiration. But I was in my early 20s. And so... 
I decided to set up this organization, Future Foundations, that runs programs for teenagers. Because I was like, mm -hmm. well, look, I might not be able to coach you know, executives, but I can coach teenagers. I know how to succeed at school. I know how to get into top university. And I also know that a lot of what is important about life <clears throat> is not, excuse me, <clears throat> a lot of what's important about life is not what we actually learn at university and school. That was my experience. So I wanted to teach young people a bit about, you know, how to be yourself or how to deal with problems or how to have a vision for your life. So, uh, yeah, I set that up in my early 20s, ran it through most of my 20s. Uh, it still runs. It's based out of London, works throughout the UK and in some countries abroad, running personal growth programs for teenagers. And, and then I got to a certain point where my life kind of dissolved. I had a big shift in my late 20s and... Uh, left the relationship I was in, left the career or the, the business that I'd founded, left the country and really went on some deep soul searching. And a lot of that was about being even more of myself, like really coming into myself beyond ideas of being a change agent and an entrepreneur and trying to change the world. I basically had the experience of my identity kind of dissolving, like life saying, oh, you think that's who you are. We're going to take that away from you. We're going to take that away from you. And it was raw and it was naked and it was kind of painful, but it was really powerful in terms of my own transformation into being something deeper and truer to myself. And so uh, having employed and worked with coaches for best part of a decade, I decided to step into it fully. So I've been coaching full time now for just over six years. And helping people with this same thing mm -hmm. to be to be more of themselves and notice the places where they aren't, notice the roles that they get stuck in, you know, whether it's you know, mother, father, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, or teacher or policeman or coach or whatever it is, to actually hold that more lightly so that you have a deeper freedom to express who you are and to have your real and true voice in the world. And it's not easy and I'm not always great at it, but that's that's been my journey and I love, I love helping people with it. And in the last two to three years, that's become very focused on how to do that and be in relationship. Because I started to realize that relationship is, I think, one of the deepest places of practicing our inner work to really become who we are. Because relationship can be bumpy. It has us confront ourselves. We get stuck in the patterns from our childhood. So I love this interface of, I call it essence and relationship. Essence, how to be yourself and how to be loved for who you are in relationship. And that's been a lot of my own journey. I had a lot of adult relationships that didn't really work out. And I thought, hey, I'm a good guy. I know how to relate to people. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that being nice and friendly and knowing how to connect with people is very different than having a deep, real, authentic relationship. So I got my ass kicked a lot, and I still do sometimes. Um, but I love that I get to practice this work in real life, in day-to-day, -day, in, in my partnership. So. I'm here to help you with your specific situation. If you want to start changing your love life now, find my latest blog or apply for coaching on sknelly.com. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, it's always like that. Uh, coaching and helping other people uh, yes. really starts with your own problems. Yes, I think that's right. I think that people have uh, the most the most amount of inspiration when it comes to solving their own problems. And what you said, it's very interesting how you mentioned uh, this, that people often get stuck in their roles. Uh, 
Yes. And uh, it doesn't have to be like that. So actually, I think that personal development is very, very important when it comes to relationships. You need yes. to work on yourself first in order to be able to be in a healthy relationship. And that's why I'm so happy to have you here because you can talk about both. Uh, and mm -hmm. actually, so the topic of the day is how to be loved for who you are. And yes. that is something that you are really an expert in. So, Jack, what would you answer? How, how would you answer this question? Yeah. I'm very curious. So, I think there's a lot that goes into this question. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, the first thing is to notice if there is a, a sort of a, a dominant way that you tend to show up in relationship, uh, kind of like a dominant pattern. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that could be that you tend to be really passive. Right? Or it could be that you tend to be controlling. Um, or it could be that you minimize your own needs. Or it could be that you're a caretaker and a caregiver. And the likelihood is that you know yourself that way. So you walk around in the world saying, yeah, I'm a loving person. I'm a caregiver. I take care of my man. And that may be true and beautiful. And it may also be the point of limitation in your ability to relate more authentically and deeply. Because if you're stuck in this, oh, I have to take care of people, it probably means you struggle to get your own needs met. You might not even know what your needs are, let alone getting them met. You're probably over there with the other person. You probably need to learn how to be more over here with yourself. And if you're something that doesn't fit caregiver, so I'll just mm -hmm. take that as an example. So if you're not something like loving, kind, and compassionate, you probably struggle to include that in your experience. So, you know, I've coached a lot of caregivers who when we dig beneath the surface, there's a lot of resentment. There's a lot of not feeling seen and understood. There's a lot of exhaustion and burnout. And so, you know, my job as a coach is to lovingly and gently, persistently reflect those patterns to people and say, hey, you're not actually just a caregiver. That's something that you can step into. You do it really well but it's just a part of you and there's a fullness and a wholeness of you. And we want to have more of that online because otherwise it's going to be creating problems in your life and in your relationship because you're, you're fitting yourself into a straight jacket. You're making yourself smaller yeah. than actually the full expansive version of you. You're actually um, setting them free. And that's very right. important. Totally. Yep. That's why I talk, I talk about freedom and love because at some point it's sort of like maybe they're the same thing. You know, the more free you are, you can really love because you're loving not through a, a need or a distortion. There's a kind of a clearness of, of seeing what's in front of you. Um, and this work is a little bit scary. You know, it's like if you've known yourself in a certain way, you know, hey, I'm this person. Mm -hmm. And then I'm saying, oh, actually, maybe you're not. Maybe that's just a strategy that's kept you really safe. Because you learned to do that because you learned to take care of your dad when you were five years old because you thought that's what he needed or maybe he did need it. But that's how you've equated love as caregiving. And love is this broader thing. And you've got to learn that. But it's like that relaxing that identity can be scary because it's unknown and it's uncertain. So oftentimes people are trading that kind of certainty of, well, at least I know who I am and how I show up for this sort of deeper, real authenticity because that authenticity is is kind of unknown and it's changing and it manifests in the moment and uh, takes courage to do that. You know, any, anyone who has courage to do this sort of inner work, I, I always have my hats off to them because it's, it's not easy. It's much more easier to label yourself as someone who is 
I'm, I'm not a sports type, so I, I don't run. I'm not uh, right cook, so I don't cook. I'm not yes, uh, and so on and so on. So people just label themselves, or people around them do that, and they if maybe someone wants to achieve something more out of, out of their lives, and uh, people who are surrounding them, they just say, no, you are not up for this. You're not the kind of person. And he or she is like, okay, I'm not, I'm, yes. I'm not. Yeah, that's that's one of the problems that, that you talk about. So uh, it's very important what you do, Jack. You really help people um, leave their boxes that they're... <laughs> yeah, that's a great way of saying it. But may yeah. Maybe boxes <laughs> or there is another expression, but they're trapped. Uh, yes in their own thinking of who they are and who they yes. aren't. And they put themselves yep. some kind of limitations that actually prevent them in this sense when we talk about changing your love life. I think this is a very important step. In order to change your love life, you just really need to set yourself free and to see that it's really all in your head. You can do... Yeah. Everyone can do a lot of things, not anything, but... A lot of things that you can't even imagine uh, doing. So th that that's really perfect, and it all leads to to being loved the way you are. Uh, but it doesn't mean that you have to change yourself to, uh, to become someone else. As you said, you need to set yourself free because you just you labeled yourself, and that, that doesn't mean that this is who you really are. I love the yes. example of a caretaker. Yes. So someone told you that you need to be that, but you are much more than that. That's actually yes. the point, right? That's right. Yeah, it's not that you necessarily have mm -hmm. to abandon these parts of yourselves it's no. just that you see that they are parts of yourself and the the shift is that you start to deploy them more consciously right so you're like okay yeah tonight my sweetheart is tired i'm gonna take care of them but it's not like i'm doing that 24 7 whether they've asked for it or not you know so i can be a caregiver but maybe the next moment i can be a wild woman right yeah. or maybe i can go meditate on my own and actually don't need to take care of anyone or maybe I can learn how to take care of myself as well, right? Because that's often the, the shift here. I think particularly probably more so for women than men is learning how to bring some of that attention back to yourself. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, the old style of relationship, you could get away with being a caretaker, right? Because the level of consciousness probably wasn't such that that was an issue. It kind of worked. You were the caretaker. He kind of received your care. And maybe at times you felt unloved and unwanted and maybe the relationship wasn't very alive, but it maybe worked and it was stable and you had a marriage. And But that kind of contract is old. And most of the people that I coach, and I'm sure probably are listening to this now, it's like they want something that's a little different than their grandparents had. Of course. And if you want what your grandparents had, that's totally fine. And mm -hmm. that can still, you can find people to, to strike that contract. But most people want something that's a little bit more alive, free, authentic, real, um, perhaps where it's not just, you know, he's the breadwinner and I'm the homemaker. It's like a lot more diverse and alive than that. And if you want that, you've got to be doing something that your grandparents didn't do, which is probably waking up to this realness at the core of yourself and not bringing a whole set of unconscious patterns in a relationship. Now, you don't have to have all those things sorted before you go in a mm -hmm. relationship. 
but you're you're at least waking up to that and it's part of the journey and you're you're wanting to partner with someone who also wants to work on some of those things so you can include it in the relationship that hey I'm historically I've been a caretaker and I'm wanting to relax that and that you, your guy is enough on the same wavelength intellectually and spiritually that he can get that and want that for you as well and be a good partner to you in that that's the sort of new thing right is that we're partners in some kind of mutual growth you know i'm supporting you to be more of who you are you're supporting me to be more of who i am and um, and there's a lot that goes into that you know because a lot of um what historically made relationships stable wasn't necessarily people being authentic to themselves so this is like a higher order integration it's like a new type of consciousness i think and we're at the vanguard of that figuring it out and there's a lot of things to be to be learned about how to do that well yeah that's so important and it's very important for people to know what is the root of their problems when it yes. comes to marriage and relationship. And when you said a caretaker, a caretaker can be a caretaker for a while. Then comes the guilt part where yes. he or she says, okay, I did this for you. I did that for you. And yes. now this is the way you're giving it back to me. This is the way I get thank you. And it yes. never ends well. You and I right. know that this totally. never ends well. Yeah. Uh, so, so, wait, so, so the distinction in there might be something like if I'm giving freely in love, maybe I'm not expecting some kind of return. But if I'm if I'm waking up to my caretaker, probably my caretaker has some kind of strategic giving, right? There's a little like I'm willing to give, but there's some kind of get that if mm -hmm. it doesn't happen, now I'm resentful. And resentful. if that resentment builds up, then sometimes it can become, um, you know, recriminatory. It can become explosive. It's it's a problem. So yeah, we're trying to learn how to honor our needs earlier and more effectively and communicate those, and that takes practice. Yeah, but as you said, um, nowadays people want a different kind of relationship Absolutely. than was with our grandparents, even with our parents. Yep. Uh, so uh, things are changing over the years and most of our right. clients, it, it really doesn't matter. I mean, you are in US, I'm in Croatia, uh, we are on different continents, but our clients have the same problems and right. have the same wishes it all comes to uh, it it is all really similar uh women actually look for high quality men mm -hmm. who are ready to commit so yes. my question for you jack is how can women find a long-term relationship with a high quality man without settling yeah that's a great question so uh i want to start that by making a distinction that might be helpful for people which is that both men and women at different stages of their life path and development might be available for different kinds of relationship so just three types of relationship i want to distinguish quickly one we could call companionship mm -hmm. one we could call lovership and one we could call partnership and Uh, companionship has more of a flavor of really we're like friends. You know, there might be a romantic sexual edge, but really it's like we want company and we want to hang out with someone and we're probably not available for anything that's too serious. I probably wouldn't call you a girlfriend. You wouldn't call me a boyfriend, but we, we enjoy hanging out and connecting. 
Then there's Lovership, which is definitely romantic and sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it could be the kind of thing that you don't see someone very often. It might have more of a like, oh, if I'm in your area and we're both single, right? We might enjoy something. It might be hot and intense and passionate and sparky. But it doesn't have the kind of consistency and continuity of connection that would imply partnership, right? So there's something about partnership where it can look all different ways, but probably we see each other, you know, two to three times a week or more, or we're moving in a direction of something that's committed where we might, you know, live together or get married or have a family or do something that's kind of somewhat stable and consistent. And just understanding those distinctions up front can help people notice, well, what am I available for? And what is he available for? And can we have a conscious conversation about that before I start to fall in love with you? And that kind of starts to run my programming rather than something a little bit more objective. So a lot of the issues that I see with women not finding high quality men is that they haven't actually identified a man who's available for partnership. So that's why I'm just distinguishing that up front. Now, here's the Here's the sad side, and I own this as a man in, the, in my own past, is that as men, I don't think we're very good at knowing sometimes exactly what we're available for. If we yeah. get asked the question, I, th- I think most men, some men are, are kind of liars and cheaters, but most men will try to do their best to answer mm-hmm. it. But whether they're actually good at answering it, that's a different question. So it's not like you're being dishonest. You just might not know. It's like if I needed to hire you for a job, you might not really know if you could do that job until you kind of get in and under the hood of the company, and then you kind of figure it out. So if I think of myself as a good partner, as a man, like I could imagine myself being a, a good partner or husband or boyfriend or father or whatever it is, um, that's like the self-image I have of myself. That's different than what's available right now in this stage of my development. Of you see, so if you think, yeah, I'm a good partner, but actually right now, I don't really have my life together, right? So the, the key thing about a high quality man is something to do with him being in his masculine essence, about 80% of men have a masculine essence, which is something to do with direction, purpose, commitment. I know what my responsibilities are and I take them willingly. Um, and as men, a lot of us at different times, we're kind of figuring it out. So we're not actually good partners. We kind of need to do our own thing first, get a little bit of a foothold in our own life, our career, perhaps make some money or at least not just be, you know, like we, we it's a bit of a crude expression, but we talk about people having their shit together. Mm-hmm. Like you and I could probably look at some men with a bit of objectivity and say, you know, that guy's kind of got his shit together. That guy kind of hasn't. And if that guy who hasn't, he might not be ready yet for the kind of partnership that you and I are talking about because he of probably course. needs to focus on himself a little bit first before he's actually available to step into something more committed, maybe, you know, look after someone financially or contribute to a household or just show up in a more um, backbone kind of masculine way. So, that's another of the problems I see about finding a high quality man is how can you actually identify a man who is genuinely emotionally available mm-hmm. and available for partnership. And if those two things are true, he's emotionally available, he's available for partnership and he's in his masculine essence. I think you've got a pretty good chance of at least exploring if a relationship or partnership is possible. If one or more of those things aren't in place, you're now going uphill more than you might need to. So, you know, I'm a fan of objectivity. It can be hard because feelings and relationship, there's so much subjectivity and mystery and poetry and magic and divine divinity. But there's also a little bit of a space of being a scientist and kind of saying, well, hang on a minute. Is he available? Am I available? <laughs> and, and is he in his masculine essence? Does he know what he wants? And has he got his stuff together? And if that's in place, then let's explore. 
Now, from that place, there's at least two possibilities that I see. One is what we call the karmic relationship, mm -hmm. which is actually you've got something to learn with this guy. And it's more about you learning something together than being long-term partners. And that can be difficult if you fall in love and you, what part of you really wants to be with him because you might not be able to see, oh, actually, this is about learning something. Normally, those relationships burn bright and fast. And at a certain point, it's kind of done and the connection might fade. So... I'm a fan of giving it a while before you make any assumptions about is this this kind of relationship or that kind of relationship. Kind of let the connection be authentic to what it is unfolding to be. Um, normally, again, my experience, a lot of my clients, we have to burn through a few karmic connections to mm -hmm. learn some things like, oh, yeah, I'm not in my heart or I'm not in my, my backbone and spine or I'm dating my mother unconsciously. Like sometimes you'll notice <laughs> for men, they, even on the surface, if it looks really different, archetypically, they might be, be dating their mother, right? We could talk yeah. about archetypes. So some of that stuff has to clarify perhaps before there's this sort of soulmate connection that, that might be available. And um, that's difficult because probably your parents and grandparents didn't burn through relationships like that, right? They no. probably often met someone, probably, you know, my parents met at 18, married at 23, still together at 67. Um, it's a kind of different thing that's going on there. You know, so that's why it can be hard for people because you might have gone through a few relationships and feel unsuccessful. It might actually be that that's what you needed to do. If you're learning and waking up, that might be the important thing. If you're repeating the same relationship, that's an invitation to wake up. If you complete the karma, then you're not going to do the same relationship. It's not just a different face on a guy that the same problem. So that's, that's the key to this is are you growing and waking up through the relating that's happening? I love how you said this because... It's it's really important to know. Uh, you, the first thing you said that you have to be really objective. You can't expect everyone to fill in yes. the, the role that of a man that you're looking for. Many times, uh, oftentimes, it happens that a woman is actually looking for a high quality man. Yes. But she finds someone who is not really the type of person she would want him to be and she tries to fix him. Yes. And it's not possible. Totally. Yeah. What can yeah. you say about fixing? Don't do it. <laughs> um, okay, so if we if we want to unpack that, generally if uh, if you're trying to fix someone, you're dating the future. Right? Mm -hmm. So you're like, I don't actually want to be with you as you are right now with all your frailties, vulnerabilities, weirdness, because we all have them, I think, you're actually saying, oh, if I can shift you into something, that's the person I want to date. So generally in dating, don't date the past or the future. Date the present. Date what's in front of you. Be sober, realistic, clear seeing as you can. And if you can't, if you know your kind of heart's fluttering and you're kind of all over the place, get some reflection. You know, get your friends, get that sober friend who speaks the truth and invite them to see what they notice or go to a therapist, get some support, have a coach. All these things can be yeah. useful to help you see more clearly. Um, and then the other piece is normally if you're generally trying to fix someone, there's something in you that might also need some attention, right? Because often we try and externally fix or manage the thing that internally we can't fully be with. So if you're trying to fix a guy to be more something, notice... Oh, you might have a formula like this. If the guy improves, I will love him and accept him. But if he doesn't improve, I won't fully love him and accept him. My imagination is that you run the same program on yourself. So maybe take a look and see, is there something in you that says, if I were more X, I would love and accept myself more, right? Okay. And this is particularly true for successful women because sometimes what makes you successful in your career is this kind of dissatisfaction and drive and ambition. 
But that if you often means you have a strong inner critic and you're in a critic that kind of is hard on you, beats you up, whips you, taskmasters you. And typically that will come up in a relationship. So I meet women who say, I can't meet any guys that have high enough standards. And that might be true, right? It might be mm-hmm. that they're looking for spaces, but oftentimes when I coach them, what we discover is you are running standards on yourself that means you don't really love yourself and you can't really accept yourself fully. And once that clarifies, then you can be more in your heart. Now you can be available for more of a heart connection with the right guy. So mm-hmm. if you're fixing, you might want to look at see, hmm, is there something internally that I need to love more? And there is another problem, yes. I mean, I totally agree with everything you said. You, you, you explained it so good that it really needs to be said. You know, somewhere deep inside, women are aware of this, but it yes. really needs to be said out loud and many, maybe many times mm-hmm. in order someone to, to just to help someone realize, okay, this is this is what I'm doing <laughs> and it yes. keeps on show it it's a pattern that shows up so all the time and it's a problem and there's another problem like for example a woman meets a high quality woman meets a high quality guy yes and he is just not that into her something happens maybe she pushes him into relationship and I'm not saying ah. that Women, just women do that. But we are, as we are trying to help women not to make mistakes yes. again and again, as our audience are women. So I'll, I'll yes. put it this way. So, and maybe she pushes him into relationship and he kind, kind of pulls back and he says, well, I'm not really into having a relationship. I, I just want to keep things casual. And she's yes. still hoping that he will come around. So, yes. Jack, yeah, that's what common. can a woman do in this situation? So she already made a first, the first mistake of <laughs> uh, pressuring him and then the second yep. of assuming and waiting for him to come around. What can a woman do? A high quality woman, successful woman, smart and beautiful woman who just made a few mistakes in, yes. uh, in her uh, attempt to have a, uh, an exclusive relationship. What can she do from this point of view and uh, in this situation? Yes. So just to sort of clarify something my imagination in this situation is that most of these women want to be with a guy that is in his masculine essence right that's not true there are definitely some women who are happy to be like we call it you know i'll wear the trousers and in brit speak (laughs) so there are some women that like that they're actually happy to have a guy who's more kind of passive and perhaps you know, she takes the lead and takes initiative. But Mm -hmm. most women, even if they're used to doing that in their career, they don't want that in their love relationships. Yes, I totally agree. Right. So assuming that that's true for for you listening now, um, part of this, I think, is actually trusting a man to be a man, right? That he, if he wants to be in relationship with you, he will pursue you. And if he doesn't, you might have to deal with the rejection of that. Mm-hmm. But far better to learn how to deal with the rejection than, than set up a dynamic which is not the dynamic that you want, right? If you're pursuing and initiating, you're the one that makes the plans, you're the one that fixes the schedule, that's not really what you want, right? And mm-hmm. you might go along with it and he might go along with it, but there's always this kind of background sense of you don't feel claimed, you don't feel wanted, you don't feel like you're in your feminine that you can relax, that he can take 
initiative and lead. Now, you can have two leaders in a relationship. This is nothing about questioning your ability to lead. Mm -hmm. It's just saying, if there was a dominant dynamic, do you want to more have him take the initiative or more have you take the initiative? And just notice that off the bat. Now, if you step back and he doesn't then initiate, you have your answer. And your answer is, he is not your man. And I'll say it again. He is not your man. It's kind of simple, but it's brutal because it hurts because you want to try and make something happen. Mm -hmm. But part of finding your person is that those questions start to not be questions, right? It's not this background sense of, oh, if I weren't initiating, would he initiate? It's like, I'm a fan of just saying, do the science, find out if you stop initiating and he doesn't initiate. You've got you've got your answer. You've got your so answer. But it can be really surprising sometimes. Sometimes if you step back, and I would love for you to explain how to step back. Ah, so in this scenario that I'm painting, you mm -hmm. might be the one who's reaching out to him to say, mm -hmm. hey, do you want to make plans on the weekend? Hey, when are we next getting together? Um, so I'm saying stop doing that. Stop doing that and find out whether he's willing to do that with you. Because it also offers him an opportunity to clarify. If you always initiate with him, he's like, okay, cool, like connection, I like this. But he doesn't really have to make a decision. Am I gonna orient to you like you are my woman and I'm your man? And it, it clarifies, like if he's putting his love attention elsewhere, then he's gotta like, gotta make a decision. Does he wanna step up? Because generally, if a guy really wants to be with you, he will step into the, hey, let's talk mm -hmm. about being exclusive. Let's talk about where's this going. And that's what you want, right? Is him taking the leadership in that conversation. Doesn't mean he has to be ready to make you his girlfriend or wife. That can, you know, I'm a fan of that not being a rushed conversation. But um, you taking a step back means your ability to learn how to surrender. It means learning how to not be in control. And by the way, this is a spiritual journey. Irrespective of where it goes with this guy, this is something you're going to want to learn because the more you can relax and surrender to life, the more you can relax and surrender to the direction of a man and his masculine essence. So, It probably will bring up some uncertainty. It might bring up some heart rate. It might bring up a lot of things. Um, but that's your work is to, is to lift the lid on that rather than, oh, yeah, I don't want to look at that. I'll just keep controlling. I'll keep making it happen. I will basically be in my masculine. And here's the thing. It's probably exhausting after a while. Uh, or it probably doesn't feel like you're really um, being refreshed and renewed and penetrated by the relationship in the way that you want. So it takes a little bit of reprogramming. Um, it takes a little bit of um, uh, allowing the uncertainty that the man might not show up in the way that you want. Yes, but better you to, have better to, to be aware that. of that. You have to be ready for this. This is not, dear ladies, this is not a strategy where you are expecting to, to manipulate a man. No, you have to yes. be ready that he will never call you again. Yes. But uh, you might be surprised that he will step up and you need right. to let him step up. Because he yeah. don't doesn't have to do it if you don't give him space to do it. If you right. do everything around him. I mean, Jack, what oftentimes happens is that this guy that we are talking about from our example yes. is not ready for a relationship, but yes. he's not ready for a relationship with this woman and he's not ready for the relationship with the next one. And this woman, right. the next one is not prettier, she's not smarter. Yep. The only difference is that she did give him the space to step up and to give his 
to to give him space she gave him space to put some effort into chasing her and yes. he didn't have to do this before with the first woman this is the only di difference i right. i think this is very important yeah. to to point out to women i'm sure that you have a lot to add here but some tips around that are would be great yeah 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 so uh, you know uh, one way of talking about that is mm -hmm. um being in your feminine right mm -hmm. and if, if that's not familiar language it might be like okay so what is that and, and in this instance we're saying well it's something about relaxing surrendering allowing um someone else to lead it's about not forcing not cajoling not pushing not demanding and not manipulating right so it's sort of a going with the flow kind of energy now that doesn't mean you have to go with the flow for a year or two and not mm -hmm. know where the relationship's going no. but for it's like going with the flow whilst having the conversations as at the different points they're needed you know so you can go with the flow and, and still say hey i'd love to have a conversation with you about where this relationship's going you know and you know, oftentimes women don't want to have that conversation because I think a part of them mm -hmm. knows, part of them knows that yeah. I don't feel very secure here because I don't really think this is my man or he's not really showing up or I don't feel like he, I'm his woman. Um, so it takes, takes courage to have those conversations. But, you know, I would say a decent proportion of the time, once you've known someone maybe three months, mm -hmm. three to six months, I think most guys know if they look at you like, you're my woman, right? It might be we have some issues, might be we have some conflicts to work out, might be we have some geographies, there might be a whole bunch of things to work out, but there's some way that he might be looking at you as like, you're my person. That's that's how I feel yeah. about you. I'm not looking for someone better. There's not an alternative that's kind of running around my mind. That's that's a kind of um, a good sign, you know? And also bluntly, timing is part of this. You know, sometimes you meet a guy and he's just not available for a relationship because he's in that companionship stage. And then, you know, a year down the line, he meets someone else and he was in his partnership energy and he's ready to go. And that can sometimes be difficult to see that. But rarely in my experience does the companion become the partner. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost like a, a, most relationships sort of constellate around a dominant energy, companion, lover, partner, and they tend to stay there. They tend to tend stay there to in my experience. There. So if you really want a partner don't companion the guy and then imagine at some time he's going to turn around and be like, great, I want to marry you. You know, be clear what you want. You might even say, look, I'm not actually willing to be your friend because I want to keep open the possibility that you and I might be partners and you might never, but then you're taking a stand for what's true. And guys in my experience respect that. And sometimes as guys, we're not that awake. Let's just be mm -hmm. honest. We're a little bit blind. If we can have intimacy without commitment a lot of guys will go for that because it seems easy and sometimes we want the easy path particularly if our careers are stressing us out so of you course. sometimes have to say in a loving way look here's the deal i love you i want to be mm -hmm. with you if you want to be with me let's make it happen if you don't that's okay i'll be sad i'll grieve but if you're not you're not actually going to be friends that's kind of the deal here i need to keep that space open for the right guy to step into and so that's the stand I take. And that has woken a lot of guys up. Sometimes they're like, cool, yeah, I'm not your person. Thanks mm -hmm. so much. Or actually, I've gone away and thought about it. And it would be crazy for me not to be in a relationship with you. I love you. And yeah, I'll marry you. I'm not going to lose you for some other guy who is right. faster totally. than me and who totally. is going to propose and give you yeah. everything that you need. But 
At this point, the guy knows what you need and you said it in the right way. I love how you said this, like you said it in two sentences. There is no need to say too many words, to yes, say too totally. much. Too much. Yes. You can say yep. it clearly and I think it's important to point out that the, the men really want to have a clear message, a short and a clear message about what yep. you want. And the men will appreciate this. Of course, yep. if you talk in, in this manner, if you talk, if you're calm, if you're not upset, yes. if you're not blaming, yes. and yes. so on and so totally. on. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. So one way of saying that is actually that you are in your heart or you're in your essence, you know, rather than you're in your defense. Because right? mm -hmm. sometimes women lay ultimatums down to guys when mm -hmm. they're hurt, offended, and that never really gets you to the truth. Because then yeah. you're in this push and pull and drama and hysteria and, you know. And the guy's not the even listening. He stopped right. listening or, when or, you started screaming. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Or what can happen is he does want connection with you, right? So if you're mm -hmm. pushing him away, then his system mm -hmm. is wanting to stay in connection with you. But that's not the same as I want you to be my long-term partner. So you, you don't really want that push-pull dynamic to be governing the conversation. You actually want two adults online to say, hey, is there something for us to do here? Like, do you see me as someone you want to be with long-term? Now, he might need more time. He might not mm -hmm. know in the moment. You can say, look, you don't need to tell me today. You know, take the next month take three months you know whatever seems real and true to you but let's be honest that that is the conversation that we're in and if we're not going to be partners i want to partner elsewhere because you know i want to have a life with someone i want to travel the world with someone i want to have kids with someone i want to be married it's like honor who you are and i think most guys can get with that program that that's uh i love what you said because mo in most cases in uh what I know from working with my clients, guy offer, yes. often gives her an answer, let's say in three or four week, weeks after right. they talk. Yeah. But it's very important that she doesn't, that she doesn't put pressure on him. She just needs to stay cool. If she said, okay, mm -hmm. uh, this is what I want. You don't have to want the same thing as I do. I respect that. But I want someone who is re ready to commit and yes. no hard feelings. But she really needs to let him go and not to text him, not to message him, not to right. call him and so yes. on. It's important yes. to point this out. And in many cases, I mean, from my experience with my clients, guy yes. oftentimes uh, really reaches out to her and says, I really thought about this and you're an amazing person. I think we could give it another try, but I'm willing to, to offer something more than uh, just a casual yes. uh, totally. relationship. Yeah, it can happen, but it can happen yep. the other way. Of course, he doesn't have to really... I mean, he doesn't have to really offer anything. And that just means that he doesn't really care. He doesn't care at all. And you need to let him go because he, he yeah. will be hurt. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think what makes it hard is that it often picks up a core wound in mm -hmm. a woman anyway, right? So this fear of rejection or this fear of being unloved and unwanted, sometimes that is what stops having this conversation. Mm -hmm. Because you don't, you don't want to hear that actually he doesn't want to be with you. 
but we're trying to say it's sort of like short-term pain versus long-term pain. Short-term pain is, yeah, the guy doesn't come back. He doesn't call Mm -hmm. you or he says no, or a month later you see him posting on Facebook and he's with another woman, right? That all that stuff can happen and it can be really, really painful. But what's more painful is trying to build a life with someone who doesn't actually want to build a life with you or is not fully available for that. That's when I've seen women effectively get the rug pulled under them because one day mm-hmm. he's just like, yeah, I'm not into it or someone else comes along or he gets, a, he gets a career opportunity and he has no problem moving across the world. And that is devastating for people when they've built this whole mm-hmm. life fantasy, blah, blah, blah. Illusion. So, yeah, totally. That's a good way of saying it. So it's, it's like, yeah, a bit of short-term pain might sting, might be hard, might need to you know, get some good consolation from your girlfriends. And it's a lot less painful than, than the big fantasy. I'm here to help you with your specific situation. If you want to start changing your love life now, find my latest blog or apply for coaching on sknelly.com. Yeah, I always say to my clients, uh, thinking about a guy in a rom- romantic way uh, that he will change his opinion and turn around. The guy who is not calling you or calling you just once a week or uh, late yes. uh, late night calls. It's, yes. This is not a romance. This is an illusion. Right. That's, that's yeah. it. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I don't make guys wrong. I know there are guys that no, are just sort of hookup no. oriented. Sometimes there's a real connection with someone, mm-hmm. but it's just not about a partnership. It might just be that it's intense sexual chemistry, right? That happens where you're like, yeah, we're really into each other. Maybe we have amazing sex, mm-hmm. but there's just not this other thing that's like a, a consistency, a stability, a day-to-dayness, which predicts the likelihood of a partnership possibility, right? There's something that keeps people just keep coming together. There's a kind of constancy that if that's not in place, it's really hard to make something work, you know, because if you're, doing, if you're doing the style of relationship that you and I are talking about, where you're doing your work alongside mm-hmm. the relationship, you've already got enough work just to be with any mm-hmm. human. Even your deep soulmate is going to, stuff's going to come up. It's, you know, it's, we're, we're much more individuated than our grandparents. Mm-hmm. So we're much more in touch with things that we want. Our survival is not threatened in the way that most people um, you know, even in Europe, obviously, just have lived through, right? Generations have lived through stuff that most of us, hopefully most of the time now, aren't. And so it's like, yeah, it's raised the bar on what people won't say yes to in relationship. It's like, I don't need you to pay my bills. I actually want you to grow me and to be a romantic inspiration to me and a partner. And that's, that's different. That, that's, that's perfect. So it leads this all leads to to my last question and that okay. is what what do actually men want in a woman when choosing the one we have we talked about this a lot during the interview but if, yes. if you can explain this in short terms because besides from being a love expert you are a man so i think yes. i love to ask this question uh when uh, I like, I like, uh, I like to hear the answer of this question from a guy's point of view. Yes, and, and I'm sure so, that women listening want yeah. to hear your opinion too. <laughs> totally. So number one, I think most guys want to experience uh, some kind of polarity 
with a woman, right? So if a guy is a bit more in his masculine essence, he's often wanting to experience the, the feminine essence, right? So this sense of uh, surrender, vulnerability, spontaneity, emotionality, um, the sort of otherness and difference, right? And this is becoming a little trickier because I think both men and women are starting to integrate their masculine and feminine. So I actually think relationships are a bit less polarized than perhaps they mm -hmm. were previous generations. And that's actually a good, healthy thing. Um, but so some flavor of polarity, I think most guys want to be met in all the domains of their life. So I think they want to have a sense that, uh, intellectually we get each other, uh, spiritually, we are on the same sort of context or territory. We're on some kind of wavelength. Um, in my career, I can see you as a partner to me, even if that's you have no particular domain expertise in my career, but you you like the path and direction I'm on and you're a champion for it. Even if it's just that you clap or you get it if I work late or you can help me occasionally or we can talk about it. I think there's some sense that you are not in one domain. If you're only in one domain, they're the relationships I see don't tend to go somewhere. Like if he's mm -hmm. like, yeah, I can't really bring you to my work drinks or I can't introduce you to my family or we can't go hiking and adventuring, um, that tends to be a little bit limiting. So there's mm -hmm. this thing about you know, all domains of life. Um, and then I think there's this a thing that is a little hard to speak to, but it's a sense of you're my person, right? We could call it soulmate. We could call it twin flame. But some of this sense of, yeah, I'm not, we don't have a perfect relationship. I don't think a perfect relationship exists but I'm not really needing to look elsewhere. There's this sort of like other women are kind of, you know, I may be attracted. I may even be really sexually attracted, but I'm not looking like the doubt has gone from my mind. There's not this background question running for the guy of, could I be doing better? Um, does she really meet me? So mm -hmm. I think even in my own experience, know that that can kind of go quiet. Um, and uh, I think there's something about being in this, a similar stage of life right? That we, doesn't mean we're the same age, can all mm -hmm. different combinations, but there's sort of like, we want to settle down. We're in that stage of life, you know, or we want to kind of go travel the world or we want to do both those things, or we are, our careers are going great. And we now want to put more attention on our home life, or we're just at the start of our careers or we're starting new careers. Um, that both people have an orientation to, we want partnership. And this is sort of the flavor of what partnership would look. You don't have to agree on everything, but if you're, you're just about to set off and travel the world and he's like, I kind of want to like put roots down, that kind of thing is, is difficult. So I think it's polarity, meeting each other in domains of life and being your soulmate or person and some kind of similar stage. Um, and it doesn't have to be exactly scientific like that, but that's, that's the sort of the, the flavor of what I see uh, works for people. Yes, I couldn't agree more. It's you, you have put this in a few sentences and it really clears out uh, the, all the doubts that women have about what men actually want. And men are quite simple. It's, yeah. it's not that they want something that you can't, something that you can't be or something special. I mean, they do want a special woman, but it really comes to, to those points where you just have to uh, be at the same place and uh, what you said at some point two people are ready to commit and yes. that's that's a great uh, that's a great starting point of course yes. everything that you mentioned is very important and i think it's going to be very valuable for women listening yeah. 
and I'm sure they want to connect with you after after hearing this interview and you also have a free gift so I'll let you speak about that Uh, where can they find you and what is the free gift totally so to connect with me individually you can go to my website which is jackbutler.com j-a-c-k-b-u-t-l-e-r.com and if you want to pursue the possibility of working one-on-one with me there's uh an application form that you can fill in and then i'll reach back out to you and we will we will take it from there so that's jackbutler.com forward slash apply and the free gift is a 90-minute webinar it's called the three keys to being relationship ready how to attract and keep a high quality man so super relevant to this territory we've been in And it's with my teaching partner and business partner, Clayton Olson, who's a fellow relationship coach here in the US. And it's been getting really rave reviews. So it's it's three keys. There's about 60 minutes of really potent uh, teaching material. And it it just for example, one of these keys is about how to wake up from unconscious roles. So we distinguish two main archetypes that women often unconsciously fall into when they're approaching men. And if you're doing one of these things, you're going to want to know that you're doing it because if you can start to relax that it can really shift the trajectory of your dating and relationship life so you Perfect. click the link you can just it's an on-demand webinar you can find mm-hmm. a time that works in your time zone and uh i think you'll really enjoy it it's it's potent material yeah it's an extension uh, to what we just spoke about so I'm sure totally. it will be very, very useful. And if women apply what they learned today, only only this, what they learned today from this interview, it could be a g- game changer. Uh, it's I like just, hearing that. Ladies, you just need to take action. Listen to what Jack said. There are so many valuable information. And I would really like to thank you, Jack, for being here. You're and so welcome. For, for sharing this conversation. It's been yeah. great. Yeah. Glad we made this happen. It's, it's yeah. been great. This is the topic that that is very, very interesting. And we could talk about it for hours. There are so many things to say about this topic, but we did cover some, uh, some important I loved it. You're a great points. interviewer. I loved the ground that we covered. It felt... Thank um, you. Broad, but also like simple enough for people to, to follow and yeah. get that. So. Th- that's, that's the point, actually. That's the point to be simple and to be clear and to really, to really help women all, all around the world. And we have the audience all around the world who are listening now. So ladies, thank you for being here. Uh, yes. Jack and I are sending you much regards from different parts of the world yep. and uh, I will see you again in the next episode of Change Your Love Life Summit. So bye. Awesome. Bye bye. Take care.